0: Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Tell us about yourself. Who are you, and what do you do? (laughs) I'm uh, Cyril Moutron and I'm one of the co-founders of
2: uh, Feedly. Uh, And Feedly Feedly is uh, is a news reader. We call Feedly is a tool to feed your mind. You know, so it's a news reader for people who are curious. You know, and have a lot of sources on the web, and they want to find the best way to keep up with these sources across all their devices. Can be on their laptop, desktop. We have a version for Android and iOS, tablet, and
1: phone. And tell us a little bit about your background. where did you get started? And and tell us the road that led you to Feedly. Oh yeah, so
2: um, my background is I'm an electrical engineer, and I came to Silicon Valley uh, after my uh, school. I was born in France and uh I came to see Valley to work on Netscape at the very beginning of uh, the web and uh, this kind of big explosion of the, the internet. Um, I met, uh, at at Netscape, I met Edwin Palabacian, who's the CEO of FIDLI. So we've been long time friends, you know, and uh, we both had kind of a, our own way, you know, he started a couple of companies, uh, sold the last one to Oracle, uh, I started a few companies as well in the last you know, 10, 15 years. Um, and then we kind of met back at, you know, actually where, you know, we started Fidley in 2008 and uh, I was advisor there and I just love the product so much that I, you know, I decided to kind of invest all my time in it.
1: And you guys are at the center of, uh, well, a firestorm because of, uh, Google's recent announcement that they're going to be taking uh, Google Reader offline uh, what is it June 1st yes yeah so Google kind of gave
2: a short a short time frame for this uh, for the retirement of the Google Reader project product uh, I wouldn't call it a firestorm it's kind of a firestorm it's also like a wave you know it's kind of a tidal wave for us you know and uh, and I think, we you know, we've been working at, you know, serving the users that are very similar to Google Reader users for like, you know, four or five years, you know, trying to basically provide the best productive reading, you know, experience. Um, and so we've seen a lot of the Google Reader as early adopters to Feedly, uh, but, you know, the last two weeks, uh, it's been, you know, a huge income of users trying to find the best solution uh, once Google Reader goes
1: offline. So we, okay, and we, I imagine we, you guys, you aim to be the best, the best alternative.
2: Yeah, I think we are. Uh, I mean, we we like to say so too. But I think the users are voting you know, by just you know, selecting us as their alternatives. Uh, we are a very natural alternative to Google Reader. You know, we've been you know kind of in the past, you know, like being the home of a lot of the Google Reader uh, users or the adopters. I've used Feedly to go beyond just the web version. You know, they use our tablet version. They use our iOS or, like, our phone versions. Um, we, you know, users can just connect, you know, uh, to Feedly using their Google credentials. And uh, today we have this backend solution that will enable uh, users who will log into Feedly today to seamlessly move their, all their Google Reader subscriptions, you know, their tags, all the categorization they've done for all these years, to to the environment.
1: Now, I did that. I moved um, over everything from my Google Reader account, and um, most everything came over. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, it's a different product, so it's uh, got different features. And um, I, I heard some uh, rumors that um, you guys were considering mirroring the features that are available in Google Reader by the June 1st date. Is there any, you know, fact to that? Yeah,
2: I think it's, uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think you find, you'll find you find all the features that you have in Google Reader in one way or form, you know, in fiddly uh, And there's also like a different, so we do some features, uh, there's, there's a bit more features probably available in the web version today. Some of them are not completely available in the mobile version, and maybe because they don't make completely sense. they're not like we are really trying to really optimize for each device the experience um, and in terms of replicating it's really more there's really two parts of what we're doing right now. you know there's the feedly as as a reader, you know like an, as an app or a service that you can use to read your feed, uh, remember which one you have read, which one you haven't read, which one you have starred, uh, which you know things you have smart for, for later. Uh, and there's also like Philly as a as a service as a, as a as a kind of platform the way Google Reader was you know so and it, we, the app we have today is built on top of these APIs uh, and that's really where we were trying to aim to really replicate what the Google Reader was providing in terms of API not so much just for the end user but for also other developers that have been relying on the fairly complex infrastructure that was Google Reader in terms of you know, when you think about the, our backend services in Feedly, we we index and scan and crawl almost you know more than 50 million feeds. Uh, all that you know is a fairly heavy you know infrastructure, uh, and we've been working at exposing this API not just for our new Feedly client, but also for other other uh, people who have been using the Google API.
1: So um, I see how Feedly is on par with Google Reader as a, as a consumption tool, as a way of reading feeds. But what I'd like to yeah. do is I'd like to sort of dig into the nitty-gritty of the platform here with you. Um, let's start with the, the question of actually subscribing. So one of the interesting features that uh, Google Reader had was the ability to import uh, raw feeds. And I've noticed that uh, it is possible in Feedly Uh, just by opening the search uh, field to actually put uh, an RSS feed in there. And, uh, you know, rather than searching for articles or sites, you can actually just copy and, and paste an RSS feed in the search field, and it will read the feed. But one thing was peculiar to me. I noticed it takes some of the stories and it puts them on the top. It says they're featured. And then it puts the other ones beneath them, and um, when you're building a feed in uh say Google News search you have some options in terms of chronology you can do you know the latest the last week the last 24 hours and and you could see you could get that reverse chronological order in uh Google Reader but i noticed that you know there's something like it they don't wind up in the same exact reverse chronological order in in feedly am I doing something wrong or is that just the way it is no it's a good question
2: so uh, and we have actually done a, quite a lot of little adjustments, you know update to our UI you know based on the, this exact you know type of feedback uh, you uh, in feedly we have uh, different views for your feed and right. uh, and uh, actually if you look if you have the latest latest of the uh, Update of the uh, of the web version. Uh, there is always like a little wheel. There was always a little wheel where you can choose which type of layout you want for your feed. Right. So we have a layout that is uh, that has featured and also the rest of the stories. But we also have Titles. a layout that has a very a very you know like detailed. Like you just want the headline in, uh, in chronological order, you can use the right. first title only view and you will have that. So and the right. reason why we want to provide that is that there are a lot of different fine-grained use cases on how people need to keep up, you know, with information. You know, so let's say you're like a, a, a graphic designer and uh, there's part of what you do is keep up with news and like you want like headline kind of scanning very fast. But also part of what you're doing is getting inspired, keep, you know, kind of your inspiration board going or maybe getting inspired for a specific project you're working on. And then you want something more visual, and you want also to very quickly surface you know, content that is the most important of the day. And that's why we kind of have this flexibility to try, we try to, our best to try to figure out what the best default layout it is for you. Uh, and there's also a setting you can use to say, you know, uh, for me, I'll, I'm mostly uh, headline scanner and I would like the headline view, the title only views to be the default view. Or you can also set, so we have that in this preference. Uh, But I would recommend you kind of also, you can always adjust, you know, depending on the feed that you are trying to import into Feedly, you can go back and adjust it yourself.
1: Now, um, I see that pretty much all my feeds came through from Google Reader except some of my search query fields. So, like, if I go to Google News and I search a term and I go to the bottom of the page and I convert it to RSS... And then I copy that RSS feed and paste it in at uh, into the search field. It's not reading it.
2: Should it be? It should be. You know, I do have some of these feed actually for me as well. You because know, I keep that's the way I keep track of uh, who writes on TV. You know, like, uh, so it should be. So definitely send me. We can follow up on, on an email, and we'll, uh, we'll figure out maybe what one, be, one may be watching on you know, the exact,
1: exact, exact case. Uh, so there so may we, be some we, specific user issues that I'm having, but in terms of the intention and the aim, the aim is uh, to allow the user to cut and paste an RSS feed in here, and if it's a valid feed, it would pull the okay. content into Feedly. That's right. There's actually different ways. You know, we also have something on the web,
2: in the browser extension. Yep. Uh, and that's one of the, the reasons why we're a browser extension. is there's like something we call Feedly Mini. And it's like a little button that appears at the bottom right when you visit a site. And yep. if there is a feed in the page, you can use that as well. Instead of copying the URL, you can use it to add the, the page or the site or the feed to Feedly.
1: Got it. Okay. Now another thing that was cool about reader was the ability to search within feeds or within directories. Yes. So let's say for yes. example, you know, I'm subscribing to, you know, a, a broad keyword and you know I'm not actually reading it all, but every now and then I like to go back and maybe search it by a geography or some other keyword to yes. sort that feed. Is there a way to do that in Feedly? So until recently, it means
2: until last week, we had that feature. Uh, we, we had to turn it off temporarily, uh, and it's part of you know, what we're doing right now to make sure everybody has a smooth experience. Uh, we are in the process of redesigning that feature to make it more scalable. You know? it. So it's something that, that will be off the product for a little bit, and will come back, You know,
1: hopefully, you know, before the summer. And, and what do just sort of give us uh, from a technical standpoint what it requires to do i mean is it uh, is it um, you know server clusters that need to be secured to power that search yeah so it's, it's an interesting uh, topic uh, so
2: but think, think of a uh, so I, it's it's basically a problem that you have when we are we're thinking about a, a reader like fiddly fiddly um, we are not talking about casual reading right we're not like um, like flipboard or Pulse, you know, like a lot of these casual readers, they can be a content with a small number of uh, source for content. But when you're thinking about really providing a productive environment, you know, where maybe professional users be able to catch up with what's happening in their very specific industry, you need the long tail. You need you need the long tail of the web. Like you may be a security expert and you need to know, you know, if there's a vulnerability on CentOS. And there's going to be that little site, that feed out there on the Internet, uh, that is very specific to what you need. And that feed needs to be accessible through Feedly. And at some point, you know, if I, if I want to be able to search it, that feed needs to be indexed. And I, I need to be able to run a query against past restaurants or past post of that feed. So the backend is a fairly complex backend. It's kind of a mini Google scale problem, if you want. You know, it's like you need to be able to scale, to to crawl and index, you know, up to 100 million of fields, You know, as we scale up in terms of user base, and uh, you need to be able to feed that into an index that is very performance to be able to to, prof- to process, you know, your specific search. So that's part of, you know, we 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 had we have like part of what we call the Normandy, which is our next generation of platform services, uh, we are rebuilding also that part, which is the search. And that's, you know, that's, that's what would be involved. You know, like, if I, if I think of it, the amount of data that we're talking about is terabyte and terabyte of data that needs to feed into the search.
1: You know, you think about uh, even a company like Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. with their anemic search or Twitter search, which just is terrible, you know. And I'm not an engineer, but I remember reading an article uh, about uh, the back end of Google in the New York Times Magazine. It was a long article about what goes on every time you, you know, search Google. The the amount of uh, hardware required to to make that happen quickly um, is huge. And so you wonder, you know, for a small company like Feedly, I mean, is that a, a potentially debilitating Function to be able to to sustain and to be able to you know bring back and maintain um, you know and, and obviously you know if if it's not casual reading and it's obviously not, and it's great to hear you say that um, you know it's about it's about gathering together you know a lot of data a lot of news and information around a certain subject and then having having being able to put your finger on whatever within that. Haystack, you're looking for at a moment's notice. Search is critical. Uh, yeah, so search.
2: I think search is important for sure. Also, like making sure that you know when something new is happening. Right. Like it's like the the big advantage of the feed is that you don't have to go to all these you know websites that you have collected, and uh, you're notified when something new is there. You know, so I think uh, in terms of building blocks, you know, the calling and the ability to remember which which item you've seen and not seen and be able to notify you when these new things, that's the very much the most important one. And then the ability to search is very important you know, to users, both in the direction of being able to find new source of information that you might not know about yet, but, you know, things are keep changing and you need to keep up with what might be interesting to you. And then searching the content, you know, like which, you know, I think you can do today, you know, and to be fair, like you could still, you can still search on Google, but you to kind of filter down that search to the this uh, the subset of things that you're, you know, you're following on TV.
1: Let's talk for a minute about the issue of latency, um, you know, because it's always one that comes up when you think about any sort of monitoring service. Uh-huh. Um, you know, one of the things that was nice about Google is, you know, at least the belief was, I don't know if it's actually true, but the belief was that uh, as soon as the spiders indexed a page for search, uh, it would also be available in Reader. so sort of as instant as Google. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with the issue of being able to, you know, bring the story through and serve it up to the user as soon as it's indexed by Google? Mm-hmm. Well, we do.
2: We basically, with the new set of services we are deploying right now, we do our own crawling and indexing. So it's like mm-hmm. we we they, 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 we don't call. It's not like crawling the web. It's really crawling all the feeds that you know that you know that we are responsible for. Uh, so and in that effort, there's quite a few things that are happening. You know, it's like in the detail, technical details. You know, you have. You have things like TabSub that helps you, you know, with the providers that that implement that push more like system, you can be very, very fast to know when something is happening. And then you have like typical crawling, you know, issues in terms of, you know, our crawlers need to be very smart in terms of understanding the frequencies, these feeds are updated so that, you know, we can be very efficient at, you know, at, at going and finding information. So, yeah, there's a lot of little technical magic that's happening in that in that side
1: now let's 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 turn the uh, the, the conversation to data and data analysis because you know everyone's talking now about big data and how to get meaningful information from data and one of the cool things in Google Reader was that little trends option and so you know you could be bringing in 300 different feeds and then you could look back after 60 days and see which ones actually were delivering the most stories of the ones that were delivering the most stories, which ones did you actually read most? Um, there was also, you know, the starred feature. I know you have something similar here. Um, yeah. Is there any sort of uh, back-end analytics view that the user can get of their of how they're consuming their feeds? Not
2: today, but we do have the data. Uh and it's the data that we uh, we are starting to to use you know on aggregate to help you know find make our search engine better you know how do you make it easier to discover new field how do you figure out a little bit like kind of automating the blog roles you know in terms of how how do you know these two fields are related to another feed that you may be subscribing to so we it's a, great, you know, it's a great point. You know, we we haven't got too many requests yet of users wanting to see the data for themselves, uh, but we have requests that are more indirect in terms of we have uh, a lot of users that, uh, that are kind of uh, have been looking traditionally at how do they prune or kind of reorganize things over time. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of users start adding a lot of seeds, and they start to be a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of information. And so if right. you look at, for instance, the features that we have on the, on the web version with the organized, on, if you go to the left on the right top, we have an organized panel. And that has been a very much user-driven in terms of trying to really help people get organized over time, as we recognize that it's a dynamic problem. You know, you start, you have no feed. You need to get the efficient ways to get the right feeds into the system but as you grow, you might end up having too many feeds or you need an efficient way to organize the new feeds that, you're, that are coming in and, and which one you're not using in the long term. Yeah. Um, so I think part of where we want to go with that is instead of just providing you analytics, I think we want to provide you better tools to open organization. So for instance, like maybe a good example of feature we've been thinking about is uh, kind of automate... Uh, a new feed tab you know, where it's kind of an index for new feeds so it, it helps you bring in new feeds into the system and sometimes about judging whether or not they're efficient for you or not right. and so that will help also prune back you know, like sometimes we see users hesitate adding too much feed to Feedly because they have an environment that works really well for them and they're afraid to make it too noisy if so that makes sense no, so it's like I think it's the analytics. I think will will come because I think they are great features, but we also want to make sure they are actionable. So it can be helpful for users to to say, oh, with this feed you always read, you know, like every every other day. Maybe you should make it mark a, a must read, a must read feed, something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah and I guess you know for broad purposes that that sounds like a real smart way to go. I think a lot of people in you know my profession who do uh who are marketing consultants and do strategic um consulting for organizations, you know, often if a company didn't have a premium solution for monitoring, one of the things uh I I know I did and I I bet a lot of other people would do is we would set up these Google Reader, uh, accounts where we'd basically monitor, you know, a, a bunch of different, um, uh, uh phrases. Yeah. And, uh, we, we'd monitor those phrases, you know, sometimes as many as, you know, five, six hundred of them in different channels for, you know, a period of 30, 60, 90 days. And then get a feel for where the hot pockets of conversation are in the client's yeah. business. And then we could say to them, hey, you know, these are the things related to your business that most people are talking about uh, online. And so, you know, as you allocate resources and look, about, look into, you know, allocating staff to either generate content or participate in conversations, these are the topics that you should be paying the most attention to because these are really what people are talking about already. And that's you know pretty insightful to be able to do that, obviously there are, with the premium tools, you can do it a lot easier uh, in short period of time, less manual work. But if you really are looking to you know compare apples to apples and look for an alternative, you know that trends that analytics is so important because otherwise you can't really see where the action is in a short period of time That makes completely sense
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense uh. So that's uh, yeah, that's that, that's a great use case, you know. It's uh, it's, I love I love this kind of conversation because you know like we we do, do do a lot of user testing at Fidly and you know each time we discover this new fine grained use case, it's a great opportunity for us to kind of rebound and try to figure out okay what how can we better the product? You know, is that like maybe an API where somebody else can provide that dashboard, or should we put all that into the fiddly.com? You all know, the fiddly the main you know uh, interaction. Yeah, I completely understand your use case.
1: Um, makes well, fun. I mean, I did see one one workaround. Tell me what you think about yeah. this. Could you yeah. use the tagging feature? Uh,
2: definitely, you could do that. Yeah. It's so you basically can organize, you know, with tags, which are kind of, kind of folder. I will tell you how much you know, activity are in each of these buckets. Um, but I can see the value of also having kind of pure analytics in terms of how many posts. week or day you know are there Um, yeah
1: yeah if I look into uh, reader uh, they have you know starred most read um, most clicked now you do have something starred you have bookmarks tell us about that
2: yeah so um yeah so the 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 bookmark and the star is really is the is very very similar functions you know so uh we it's it's a way for you it's a very light way for you to uh be able to to take something like an article that you've seen on Fidley uh and remember it for later uh, uh or save it for you know because you're gonna work on an article and maybe that's going to be useful for you uh we also have in Fidley... Uh, The way we approach this is we we provide this very lightweight functionality, very similar to Google Reader, but we also have nice integration with uh, partners like Pocket. And uh, there's also, like, in Feedly, if you go to the preferences, we also try to really be um, mindful about, okay, what's your preferred tool for doing this kind of use case? Uh, So when it comes to sharing or when it comes to saving, you know, things that you discovered on on Feedly, if you use Pocket, because, you know, you use Pocket for... For what you read but also all the things that you discover on, online then we want to make it really easy for you that to put that button and that easy access to debug it. You know, if you are satisfied with what we have in Fiddly, then you know, we want to make it very easy for you to use it as well. Uh, and I think we also support Instapaper and some others that do the same.
1: Let, let's talk for a minute about um, uh, these uh, Different tools that allow you to visualize your social media, your personal social media feeds, alongside the news that you're bringing in, right? Because you can actually see your Facebook and your uh, Twitter on the same screen, right? Yes, yes. Even though, like, uh, so the really
2: the focus we have is 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 more driven towards uh, uh, the actual source of content uh, rather than. The one which is like the repeating source of content. You now we'd say, you know, 80, 90 percent of the things you find on Twitter have an origin that is outside Twitter. Right, so it's it's a it's on Twitter you follow you follow more people than content directly, even though you have you know, Twitter account that have you know that are kind of repeats of the an feed, for instance. And so we we really think you know like what we see, we see a lot of needs for be able to really nicely organize feeds and content that you want to follow directly in Feedly. And then if there is one or two or some other feeds that you want to follow, then we also, you can also search and you can find the Twitter feed and, or the, you know, and the Facebook feed and, and subscribe
1: to it as well. Uh, if I click on, if I go and I click on today, which is, you know, the main page, I've got, you know, maybe a couple hundred feeds coming in here what am I going to see under featured How are wh- what are you serving up there those three top stories yeah. <laughs> so there
2: what we try to do is we try to uh, to help you discover great content within all your kids so we we look at uh, quite a few things to make you know to try to help you pass through all the content we we look at uh, engagement on these feeds you know in terms of uh, I mean, in this you know, which posts are getting most clicks, which posts are getting more comments, which posts are getting more shares on the social networks. And, uh, and we'll try to basically bring you some of the best content without you having to scan through all the posts necessarily. Uh, and, uh, and then if you want to dive down into a very specific feed, you can always do it either through, you know, the whole section or one of the specific sections. So, yeah, the today is really kind of a, a space for discovery, and if you're logging during the weekend, we also do like a, kind of a weekend edition that helps you kind of, uh, if you miss things during the week, it's also a quick way to kind of find
1: the thing maybe you have missed during the week. Got it. So this, I guess, is the, you know, equivalent of the discovery tab on Twitter yeah actually that's uh yes yes you know, and that's you know and, and seeing as uh, how you are giving us the act the ability to bring uh facebook and and twitter into the service i mean do you think you know it beca- are you lo- are you looking at like um um oh god what are they called uh, Flipbook. what are what are those other guys called Help me out oh man uh the- oh. Oh, I don't find them flipboard you know, you look at like Flipboard, and they're sort of, you know, they're not giving you reverse chronological order as an option. They just use social information to try to curate all the different feeds. Um, I mean, do you see a point at where you know the featured section becomes its own section, and um, the tool goes more in that direction?
2: No, no, not really. I think there's, a, um, I think we we see a clear difference between. Um, you know the uh, more casual usage of content and content subscription, and the more productive usage of content. You know, so in, in a sense, you know, for instance, I in my field, you know, I have uh, things that I mark as must read, and I do want to see all the posts in chronological order, and I will always want to. For instance, uh, any mention of Hillary in the press—that's something I want to know. Uh, there are. Uh, you know specific things you know that we do with our critical you know uh, key partners you know if some, to know if something is happening with some of our key partners you know and i like and, and I keep tab on this pretty frequently you know maybe a couple of times a day uh and these are things, you know I want just to see all the posts they're not very high volume but I want to see all the posts um then in my uh, other interests, interest you know I keep a tab on other things that are happening you know in uh, for instance um the world of the world of um, new device and new ways people may have been interacting ways. So I, have, I subscribe to posts around a lot of different posts like Arduino and a lot of the makers uh, posts. And I don't necessarily have time to read through all these posts every day, but I'm very open to try to see okay what is really happening in that particular industry of, of things. And that's where the today feature becomes really interesting to me because. Uh, I may not have the time every day to go through the two or three hundred posts of that section but give me the two or three things that really resonate give me a good sense of where that industry is going and then the day where I have more time I can go directly in that
1: section and I go see all the posts if I want to Yeah, I mean the thing is you know for discovery there are so many different tools out there they're trying to use social algorithms to tell you what's most important and Google Reader was like the one tool you could count on to give it to you in reverse chronological order everything, and you could really yes. decide on your own. Yes, yes.
2: And, I think and that's, that's really so, so valuable. Our, yeah, that's coming back to our, uh, our earlier discussion. If you think about the, all of these different options we let you tweak feely for you, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, for instance, when you go to a specific tag or category, uh, you can still have the three features on top, but the rest can be chronological order, uh, you mm. know. Or you can say, this really, I just want everything. Very simple, like in Google Reader, dirty headline, all in time, let me scan things. And I think we don't intend to... to we, we see this as very core features, and we don't intend to do uh, to just move to something that would be just you know, kind of our own magical algorithm. But we don't believe in that. You know, we believe that there's just a wide variety of use cases, and we need to be able to let you on the things where you really need to see everything in chronological order, let you do that. And the things where maybe you could benefit from, uh, you know, like a, a, an example would be maybe, uh, I just want to be inspired in a specific field. Uh, then maybe the, the feature
1: plus the connection order may be the right display for you. When I look at um, a directory of feeds inside of the titles view option, yeah, it'll say the name of the feed, and then there'll be a little number in yes. green, and then the headline. What's the number? Yeah, so this number
2: is uh, is uh, is a, is an aggregate of the number of social interaction on on the uh-huh. feed. So it it helps to get get a
1: sense of the engagement in that in that specific article or post. Very nice. Very nice. Now let's talk just big, big picture about the subject of interoperability. So early on, you know, uh, Facebook made it real easy to pull uh, feeds out of Facebook as RSS. They shut it down. Uh, Twitter used to have uh, Twitter search via RSS real easy. They shut it down. You can still hack a feed um, without being a computer programmer, by the way, if you're listening and you want to do it, just search hack Twitter feed, and you'll come to a bunch of blog posts that'll explain to you how to make different, how to basically translate different Twitter searches or Facebook pages into RSS feeds. Um, but, it, you know, obviously, as these social networks look to retain their visitors so they can serve more ads, you know, the the social web becomes less open and more proprietary. And so... Yeah you know i wonder i mean what is the future of rss from a technical standpoint i'd like to, i'd be curious to know i can hack a feed on twitter even though they shut down the 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 native feature where you can just click on the rss button and convert it there's still a bunch of blog posts out there that tell you how to hack a feed for a twitter search or twitter search by geography all sorts of different ways of searching and uh, you can also hack a feed for a Facebook page, as long as you know how to get the ID for the page. It's pretty easy, and you have a notepad or a word, um, text editor. It's very easy to do. If Google were to remove RSS from Google News Search, um, would that be something that they would, somebody would still be able to hack, or could they actually shut it down once and for all?
2: Um. Well, I mean, uh, so there's always a, a, a path where, you know, they could shut it down. You, you could think the big company may be able to shut down, you know, their access to RSS if they don't want to. I don't think it's in their interest, but that's, you know, they, there is a trend today, which is, you know, some services are kind of asking themselves, should I have RSS? and Is that still useful and still driving users or not? Um, and I think there's also a trend that is a little bit different, which is, um uh, I think the larger players today have a tendency of trying to build walls. It's just a natural tendency when you're a large player. You know, and you see that with Apple, you see that with Google, you see that with Facebook and maybe Twitter a little bit. Um uh, 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 my, my first you know, comment would be that you know, the most interesting content that lives on Twitter, on Facebook, on Pinterest, on this great social network, the most interesting content doesn't live there. It doesn't come there. It, it was not born there either. You know, like Somebody that probably was using a feed reader or some other tool basically found that great content and put it on Twitter and Facebook and, and Pinterest. And so last, the content is a discussion. Yeah, so, so exactly, yeah. So I think after that, you know, I think Twitter, Facebook, Twitter is a great way of spreading the content, you know, from people to people. It's kind of the uh, – it just accelerates the way when you have a great content to get it discovered by more people, right? But uh, there's still this uh, problem of initial discovery. Um, so so that's, that's just the first, you know, a first uh, way to, to say, you know, like – uh most people still see like online publishers, they still see feed traffic to be their number five source of traffic usually. And that's just counting directly traffic to people of people who are reading the content through these open feeds, RSS, Atom. And then there's also a lot of the people who are reading this content, they are the influencers. They are the people who are curious enough to go out there, out of their way, to find the content and then bring it to the social network. So they are kind of the trigger, the source. You know, the the little bees that are going around and finding the content and sparking the conversation on Twitter and Facebook and so on. Um, so in that respect, I think they are uh, there's still very much need for open feeds and RSS. The content doesn't live in this centralized hub today, and I think it's also not desirable. And n- most people don't, you know, I don't think it's the vision that is either desirable for the Internet, and uh, most publishers want to be able to still publish their content pretty freely out there. Um, yeah, so it's... I hope it answers your question. I think maybe I got a little, a little bit out of the sidetrack there, but...
1: No, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people now are sort of asking themselves, you know, do I do I move on from RSS? Is RSS still the way that I should be looking at analyzing conversations around an industry or around, um, you know, my business or my brand or my organization yeah. or my association? You know, somehow you've got to be able to do it. And, you know, there are terrific tools out there like, you know, Radiant yeah. 6, for those companies that can afford it. But, you know, you think about people that are at nonprofits or, you know, the fire department where the money goes to buy pickaxes and pay for new fire engines. You know, they're going to need some sort of tool to monitor. And it's not necessarily going to be just about, uh, you know, covering news that's interesting to them. It's also going to be about just making sure that they're monitoring what's being said in their neck of the woods about, whatever subjects of interest to them and it, it seems like you know there's a huge hole in the market with uh, yeah. you know with with reader going away to do that and um i guess you know one of the ways that you can fill that hole is is with your product but you know now that i've sort of spoke to you about this use case that i it doesn't seem like that's a big consideration for you guys is that right or no i Would think you that's disagree? not... Uh i would i would disagree you know i think the
2: the uh the use case of being able to keep that you know current with a very specific uh uh industry or domain uh is definitely something that is called what people do today in terms of the the ability to get you know like more like an analytical dashboard i think that definitely something we i mean it's not something that has been very high on our radar, but I would also expect our radar to change you know we have um our user voice forum that we created just you know kind of to really direct all the feedback we're getting from all the new Google Reader users you know has tons of ideas you know that we've been trying to work on so I, I would expect it you know as you know we're welcoming more and more Google Reader users you know this, if this use case are very important they will show up
1: and uh, we will prioritize And if you're them. listening and you'd like to post uh, yeah. to the forum we'll have a link in the show notes Let's uh, close it up with just a little discussion about, you know, Feedly and Feedly's business. Tell us, what, what is your revenue model? What's your business model?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been you know, really focused on, on organically growing, you know, for the last four or five years. And we have not, we have not really focused too much yet on the monetization aspect of the business. Uh, but this is definitely something that, that was a priority for us, you know, for this year, and is becoming more and more of a priority as we are, our growth has accelerated quite drastically. Uh, so we see, we see a few, a few opportunities. Uh, we first, you know, have been having for a while, you know, a lot of our users uh, who, who depend on the product asking us, where is the pay button? <laughs> you know, I just, you know, some users just come to us and they just say, you know, I want to pay for Fiddly, I pay for Evernote, I pay for the books, Dropbox. I rely and depend on your product, and I'm willing to pay uh, and it's kind of the interesting thing is we for these users that are kind of more professionally oriented it's really more a question of making sure we are there you know when they need it they, they use us all the time and they want they want to make sure we are there uh, and I think there's also Another set of things that they, we've been told, you know, by, uh, by these more professional users is they would like to get, you know, deeper integration with other tools they use and, and, and pay for, like Evernote and Dropbox. So one way we are looking, you know, to, to, to bring some revenue is to introduce a Fidly full version. And so this, this will be uh, – as I said, you know, we'll always have a free version of Feedly as we have today. But uh, the idea would be to offer a subscription-based model for users who want more advanced features. And, now, uh, have you guys, have you guys raised money? We, we, the the way we are financed is we have our own angel funding, and that's how you know we've been financed so far. Uh, so we're still a very small company. We are about you know we have 11 people now. Um, a lot of engineers you know that's uh, that's really where the power is right now uh, and we we will you know look at opportunities to as we we're looking forward if we have you know more demand you know we might you know try to raise more funding would uh, might we know any of your angels uh, well you know one of them <laughs> no that's like we we we're pretty much self finance. you know we are a team of uh, very experienced entrepreneurs uh, Pretty much everybody at Fidley has done startups in the past, uh, multiple startups, you know, and Fidley is really a, a project that we've been working on, uh, you know, where we, we thought, you know, this is a project that is really worthwhile, that is, you know, that that we really believe in. And we wanted to basically be able to grow it, you know, as, as, at the pace it needed, you know, and we grew to about 4 million active users, but really active users in a space of 4 or 5 years, you know, between 2008 and two weeks from now, before, before now. And uh, the last week has kind of changed a bit the way we look at things, of course, because, you know, in the last two weeks we signed up more than 3 million new users. So this opportunity that kind of Google opened in front of us. I think kind of both confirm where we thought, you know, the market was. But now I kind of put some more pressure on us to be able to scale the product and scale the infrastructure and scale the company. Great.
1: Is there anything else you'd like to share that I didn't ask you? Well, um, you know, actually, I think in, in more general terms,
2: you know, I think there is uh, uh, we, we have this uh, vision and belief that it's very important for the web to stay open. It's important for Fidley because, you know, as Philly being kind of this productive environment, uh, it's very critical that you find, you know, the 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 news information, the sources that that you need for for whatever you're trying to do. Uh, but so we we have a vested interest on in making sure, you know, RSS and feed open feeds in general, anyways, you know, publishers out there can publish content in a very open way and be consumed by multiple readers, readers like Philly. Uh, I think it's that way is better for, for everybody and uh, beyond philly itself, I think it's a very big uh, there's very big challenges you know are there. there's really two different visions that you can paint of the of the world of tomorrow if you look at the last couple of years, uh, things have tend to be closed down a little bit more you know like uh, if you think about application being silos of information and application need, need to be approved to get onto the app stores. Uh, then you're in a world where, you know, if your content is maybe politically controversial or, you know, there's so many examples out there where maybe you cannot be on the App Store, so you cannot have an audience. And so I think the alternative way, which is, and has been the internet traditionally, where you can just set up a server and you can publish your content and you can basically say, well, as long as you can subscribe to this feed, then, you know, you can basically listen to what I
1: have to say. Uh, I think it's the world we want for tomorrow. Well, I appreciate you uh, spending so much time with us today. It really um, will matter to a lot of people who listen to this podcast because I know you know you are talking to the you know hardcore Google reader users on this podcast so if I left any questions out guys I'm sorry um, go ahead and ask them in the comment string on the blog and I'll send a link out to Cyril and Hopefully, he'll monitor it, and I'll I'll alert you if there's anything in there worth answering that I missed. Uh, But um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com on Twitter at OnTheRecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or a digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at